The last topic um, I wanted to to talk about was um, about women in the music industry. We've not mentioned that you are you the well, probably the first woman director of BBC now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but are you the first woman of any uh, orchestra, BBC orchestras? No, there was um, a female director in the 90s okay. of the BBC Symphony Orchestra. Um, you were one of the first. But to my knowledge, she was the first and I am the second. What does that represent for you? And another question I was going to ask is, do you think you've had to work harder than men to get where you are? Okay, so the first, the first question, um, as in... Um, what does it mean to me being the first female director of BBC National Orchestra Chorus of Wales? Um, for me, when the announcement of my appointment made, my gender was the headline. That really got up my nose, actually. Because <laughs> it's like, well, what's my gender got to do with the fact that I've got the job? Yeah. I've got the job because I'm good enough to do the job. doesn't matter what my, you know, physiology is mm-hmm. um, uh, within that. So actually the fact that my... Yeah, my gender was a headline. I actually, yeah, got on my nose a bit. Um, and then I got over myself and cracked on. Um, but I think, you know, it means to me, well, yeah, it takes 75 years for a woman to come and run an orchestra in Wales. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, it is, it is ridiculous. I think it's it's sort of laughable, really. And why do you think it's the case? Is it because women didn't feel confident enough for, for the role or they were just not an option at all? I don't know. I mean, I can only speak from personal experience, yeah. um, you know, within that. And I, I'm proud to, proud to say I have a, you know, my senior management team is predominantly women mm-hmm. here. Um, my leader in this orchestra is a woman. Um, four out of my five string principals are, are women yeah. um, here. So um, I like men, by the way, just to, <laughs> <laughs> just to say, say that. Um, but I... Um, I, you know, from personal experience, sort of going on to your second second question, yes, I always felt I had to work harder to prove myself mm-hmm. as a woman. I think not only just a woman, but um, a working class woman, I think I had to work harder Yeah. Um, within that. Everybody tell me, I'm pretty stubborn. <laughs> um, I'm pretty focused. But that comes from a place of always wanting to do my best. I think well, how it used to manifest itself in me when I was younger is I used to over-prepare for everything. Um, and I, my observations are that if I used to go into a room with a man, there would be a lot more toleration of them winging it mm. than me. Yeah, And I don't know if that was the fact that I was a woman or whether it was just me, whatever. I probably think it was because I was a woman um, within that. I mean, I was told once at the start of my career, someone thought it was disgusting that a woman like me was running such an established organisation, <laughs> which I thought was quite funny. Um, <laughs> for me, that just feeds me. What did you reply me. to this? I just went, oh, okay. <laughs> you're entitled to your opinion. If you're not happy, don't come. Mm. Um I, I, you know, for me, because of the person I am, that sort of just feeds me to want to prove people wrong yeah. even more. Um, but I know for a lot of people that would completely want, yeah, 
want to make them walk away. You know, and I've had moments during my career going, what am I, just what am I doing? What, what am I doing? I, mm. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be doing this, you know, imposter syndrome um, with all of those things. But I know I'm good at my job. Um, and so I keep doing that. So I suppose, yeah, when I was younger, I used to absolutely over-prepare. Really, well, really over-prepare. To the point that, you know, not sleeping, pulling all-nighters mm. just to prepare for something quite mundane that I probably would have just been able to do with the amount of knowledge that you have in the memory bank and, you know, and just trust, you know, your, yeah. yourself. But no, you used to completely over-prepare. And do you think you were working harder than anybody else, and including the men? Oh, yeah. Or the men you, were also working really hard? I mean, yes, but I think it was always that thing of, I think there was always a thing of, like, I was always the last to leave or you know, all of those sort of things. Mm. And probably necessarily I didn't need to be the last to leave. But, you know, you sometimes you have comment, you know, you do. If you're working in a predominantly male environment and you leave first, there are, there used to be, I'd say probably le less now, especially in this sector, thankfully. But, I mean, we're talking over 25 years ago, there would be a comment made that the girl can't hack it or the girl's going home early or, you know, I had comments like, you're going home to make your husband's tea and, you know, things like that. You just think, oh, you know, whatever. Mm. You know, I was told to go to meetings and say, oh, by a senior male colleague saying, this is going to be a really tough negotiating meeting. Make sure you wear a low cut top. You know, you just think, you know, thankfully yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Or if not, I would like to think women are powered to call that out or now if that behaviour does happen. It must be really hard to reply to something like this because you must be you must be shocked and you just well yeah. what did that happen? A lot of that you just think say? I can't you know, can't believe that came out of your mouth. You know, yeah. It's like why is that okay? I mean I in a job interview once I I was asked um why there was a bit of gap in my C V. Um and I said, Oh, it's I had my son and they went, oh, you weren't off very long then, were you? Basically just insinuating I was a bad mother because I'd gone back to work. Yeah, you get you get that judgment if um, if a, if a mum doesn't take a year or at least nine months yeah. here, then what is she doing? And you get that. Uh, well, you get that judgment, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and uh, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so over it. But then I'm so over no, it. Yeah, well, but, but you know, for a lot of I can I absolutely can appreciate that people would remove themselves from that that in, that environment. I've had a lot of people comment on my personality. Um and specifically about, you know, gender driven mm. um things. So, you know, I am a very hardworking, focused person. If I'm going to do something, I give it a hundred percent. You know, anybody you ask about me, I will do that. Um, but people have commented that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm harsh or I'm aggressive or I'm this or that. But if I had those traits as a man, I'm sure I would just be commented on that I was driven or passionate or, you know, those sort of things. You know, to which I've responded, well, it's your behaviors i.e the men that referred to, to those things that is making me behave in this way mm. most people that they wouldn't use those words or they'd use you know people don't see the softer side of you 
um, within that, in the fact of, you know, I'm a empowering leader and, you know, can be very empathetic and, um, you know, and a very comforting and, you know, loving person. People yeah. don't see that. And if on the, on the other side, if a man is too empathetic, he will be con considered as too soft. Yeah. You can't win, can you? Yeah. So just do, just be yourself. Exactly. Um, <laughs> where do you think that energy comes from? Uh, I'm, I'm, I asked that question. I'm quite interested in trying to understand that whether people are fueled with energy by training, by environment, motivation, passion, or is it natural as well? Do people do some people have more energy so they can dedicate sleep less, dedicate more more time to something, focus more, or can that be trained? I feel like it's more. There's there's an element of being natural and I I say that after my seeing my son who's the second one and I'm not saying the my daughter's got still a lot of energy but he seems to be when he's got something in mind he just go, goes for it and doesn't care about anything else that might hurt him he just goes for it yeah. and um, I feel like I've got some energy as well mm -hmm in some elements and I don't understand why some people might not be motivated by something or they're yeah. never motivated by anything so is it something that you get well your energy as uh, thoughts and or is it just natural what do you think um, I think it's a couple of factors genetics definitely um, my dad's a workaholic <coughs> um, so I suppose Um, yeah, I, I, I suppose I always grew up with seeing my dad working really hard and mm. really long hours. And I suppose I don't know anything else but working. I got my first paper around when I was 11 and then I always did jobs, you know, to earn money through school and mm -hmm. summer jobs and everything else. So I've always, always worked, worked to have money to buy things. So I suppose, yeah, some of it's genetics, um, I have a, an older sister and younger brother. My sister and I are so different, you know, and that's not saying that she doesn't work hard, she's mm. not dedicated to a job, but just as in, she goes, oh, I just don't, I, I just don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. How do you do it? Um, so are you... Uh, I'm younger, so I'm the middle one. Okay. I'm <laughs> I the middle that, one as well. I think that plays a lot to it. Oh, the, the second one. Yeah, the second one, the middle one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that has a lot to do with it um, yeah. as well. I cannot do something that I'm not passionate about. I have a I have a inner moral compass and if I don't if it doesn't sit well with me I re I really struggle. Mm. And for me I you know I have to work with an organization or people that I really believe in because I do believe in giving 100% mm. in the job that I do and I think especially as a director you know, I have the responsibility of the success of this organization. You know, the musicians that practice every day to give their best performance on stage. Um, you know, my team that, you know, cross, you know, all the T's and dot all the I's to make sure that everything runs brilliantly well, then I, I owe them to give them that much energy. And I say, I truly believe in music, you know, music changed my life path. 
it was seeing music performance and learning an instrument and all those sort of things that gave me the confidence to have the conversation with my parents to say, I want to do A-levels and I want to go to university. Mm. Where actually I could have quite happily have left school at 16 and started work uh, and not took further education because that was the background that my, you know, of my family. I think that's where the energy is. I, I've always got to be busy. I'm rubbish at sitting still. Um, I'm the worst person on, on a holiday ever. <laughs> always got to be doing something. Again, there's an element that me thinks, oh, yes, we, need, we do need to be careful about our mental health and sleep. But then when we're driven and we've got so much energy for our passion, then sleep is not oh, we we can have a grind on the mental health we don't mind that because it makes us deeper happier about yeah. if we're driven by something it doesn't matter whether we yeah if i wasn't if i was sat at home i wouldn't be happy not in the fact that i don't love being at home with yeah, yeah. my husband and my kids but no, no, I, but i yeah i i don't enjoy not doing something That's it, really. But yeah, my mum said I was an absolute ball of energy as a kid. So um, my daughter is, and she's she's like, ah, karma, karma. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I've, I've always been full of energy. Now I'm getting a bit older. I'm going to have to maybe tone it down a little bit. What do you think the music industry needs to adapt for women, if there's anything? I... I'm thinking about one thing in particular that I've heard. It's, it's not a friend, but I've heard a uh, woman who's had four or five miscarriages mm. and it's because she's she's a professional musician and she's constantly touring and all that tiredness. Well, they, they, they feel like she should probably step down and be less active on that. So maybe it's just the type of job that at the period of her life that's not suited for her. Uh, but then I feel, you know... If, feel a lot about um having more time uh for maternity leave obviously well i guess mm. the, the uk is more um forward thinking on that mm. but what do you think there is a lot well there's there's been a lot of improvements of what has improved and what should be improved i mean my experience has always been there has been you know uh, a, de a good degree of flexibility Uh, within that I mean obviously I can't speak from a full-time professional musician perspective because I've not walked that path but for me um, you know when talking about you know being a working mum when I had my son um, you know there were there were days that we had a residential I remember my husband put his back out and had to have spinal surgery and it was when a residential was happening So I just took my son with me and he had a great time. The kids looked after him and did it affect the kids learning? No, because he wasn't, they were in their classes and when they're in the classes, he was, you know, with me. And then actually in the break times, the students loved taking him off and doing bits and pieces and, you know, whatever. And my daughter was very unexpected and I just recently started at the Bournemouth Symphony Orchestra. So I wasn't entitled to maternity pay. So I went back to work when she was four months old. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and the deal was for the first two months, I could just be office-based because I was still breastfeeding and I was going across to a nurse, nursery and breastfeeding twice a day. Um, and like my keeping in touch days, she came with me because of um, her disability. She couldn't take a bottle, so I was exclusively breastfeeding. Um, you know, I was found rooms to express <laughs> you know, milk when I was in meetings, you know, all over the place um, and things like that. Some of them not so salubrious. It's like, you know, my daughter had a lot of medical appointments um, and her nursery was very close to work and very luckily very close to the hospital. So I would just build them into my diary and make the time up or I'd stay on late or I'd do a half day on the weekend or, you know, those sort of things. So um, I suppose I've been very lucky that I've managed to work my job um, around those things. Now I work, yeah, lots and lots of hours. Yesterday I started at eight in the morning. I got home at quarter past midnight this morning because um, we had an event and I had meetings in the morning and, you know, all those sort of things. But I also think it's okay for women to say, actually, this isn't the right thing for me to do right now, regardless of whether you've got kids or not. Is And I think that that's just not about women. I think that's anybody. I think there's been a lot of um, pressure put on people about this career path and it's always got to be up. And actually, there's nothing wrong with someone getting to do a job at a level that they're really happy with and doing that really well. And I don't think that's celebrated enough within that. And I think there's, a, there's just culturally a, a pressure for people to promote and to promote and to promote but actually there should be more more energy put on celebrating people doing a job that they're really good at well uh within that and you know it's not just about um you know children it's about you know we're all getting to the age now right you know and where you have caring needs for your parents or you know there there are all things that life chucks at you all all the way so I just think I think there still probably is an onus more for the woman to take more of the slack on those things than mm. maybe men. Um, but I've, I just think I it's have. about giving yourself permission and having the confidence to say, actually, something's not the right thing for you at that time. And that's yeah. okay. I have quite a few friends who, uh, well, a couple friends who's, uh, and it's, who've just had kids and uh, about kids are between one and four. Mm. And they are getting to school and it's most of the time it's they realize both parents are working too much. So mm. one parent had to stop or reduce the hours and usually it's the woman. But the, the, the dads have been uh, reducing the hours in the past to look after the babies. They've had uh, long paternity leave. Mm. But when the kids reach school and you don't have to reduce the hours so much, uh, it's always the... It seems to be always the mum that takes time off. Not in my and house. And <laughs> I know that. <laughs> um, but is it? But then someone says. To, someone said to me, "I've had. I've. There's been two instances. One woman. One. One of my son's friends must have been when he was about eight or nine. Um, his friend's mum." said something to me and she mentioned to me and said, well, I didn't have kids to have someone else bring them up, looking directly at me um, within that. And, you know, I, I, I joke, it's like, I'm never going to win the Mum of the Year award. Um, but my kids know that if they need me, I'll be there. Yeah. Within that. But no, as a, as a family, we made just, my husband gave up work. 
So he's not working at all now? No, he's our daughter's carer. Okay. Um, so yeah, he, and that's why I can do the job that I can do. So my children still have a parent around yeah. all the time. It's just not their mum, it's their dad. Yeah. 